I'm Mike Vardy, and this is the Productivityist Podcast. So, the guest this week has a very dynamic schedule, so he needs to plan and plan well, and he has some tactics and some tricks that he uses to organize his week. Now, why is his week so dynamic? Why does he have to really be deliberate and intentional when he plans? I mean, we all need to do that, but why does Grant Baldwin have to do this in particular? Well, his week is so dynamic because he's traveling a lot and he's never in one particular place for any particular period of time. He's got three, three girls at home, three daughters, uh, you know, so he's got a lot going on and it's always appealing to me to get somebody on the show that can not just offer some insights for you uh, as to how you can make that happen, but also give me some nuggets of wisdom to say, hey, you know what, here's something that I might want to do differently, especially since as I'm recording this, I am preparing for two trips that are taking place in early July and then the second one in late July. So I'm not going to... Um, We'll talk a little bit more after the discussion I have here with Grant Baldwin of GrantBaldwin.com. Uh, he's an accomplished speaker and a speaker teacher. He teaches people how to speak. Uh, he probably teach me how to do this introduction. But uh, nonetheless, uh, let's just get right into the interview. Here's me and Grant Baldwin talking about, um, you know, speaking frankly with one another, frankly, uh, here on the Productivity is Podcast. Enjoy. So I have Grant Baldwin here with me of GrantBaldwin.com. You don't get much, much more direct than that, do you, Grant? It's like straight up. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe we need to add some more fluffiness to it. Well, add fluffiness now. Tell, tell my listeners what, what you do and what, what, uh, you know, uh, how they may have heard from you elsewhere in case they haven't come across you before. Yeah, we do a couple different things, uh, online and offline. Then my career kind of started as a, as a speaker, and that's been the bulk of what I do is I travel around primarily the U.S., speak at a lot of different conferences, conventions, events, uh, hang out with people and get to run my mouth, which is a cool gig. And then uh, we've got a podcast we've been doing for a little over a year called How'd You Get Into That? And, uh, just helping people find and do work that they love and we're just interviewing people that are doing like unique fascinating like random types of stuff that you're like how like how did you get into like i didn't know even know that was an option i didn't see that as a possibility on the menu so uh, we've been doing that for a little bit and then uh, as a speaker we also we teach people about speaking and uh and and basically just tell say hey if you're brand new to speaking you have no idea how to get started then uh you know here's some things that that we do that have worked for us and here's how you could get going as well well i know you're a productivity geek we had a chance to meet a podcast movement last year um which was uh there's a lot of people that i mean it, it's interesting because we we tend to all there, there's a group we tend to run in the same circles you know yeah. it, it, yep. you know totally. and, and so um but you're i mean you're you're a productivity guy. You're you're into like making sure that you make the best use of your time, especially. And one of the things that I want to touch on right away is about the speaking stuff. Is is I know that when I'm traveling and when I'm like I'm going to as we head as actually literally as this airs, um, I'll be a week out from heading down to Portland for for World Domination Summit, and then shortly thereafter back to podcast movement. And I know that traveling, whether speaking or otherwise. Um, it's a, it, it takes its toll. How do you, how do you stay efficient on the road? Because that's the first thing that kind of gets tossed out the window for a lot of people. No, that's totally true. As, is I had breakfast with a friend this morning where he travels and speaks quite a bit. And she was just talking about how when you travel, like it just throws off your routine, you know, a, a full week where I'm in the office all five days. It's just so great. Cause like you can just map it out and you know exactly what's going on. But, uh, but with travel, like there's just so many variables, you know, of, um, so I think a, a couple things to 
to do is one, like just acknowledge up front that it's it's going to be out of whack. You know, I, I have to, I look at my own schedule of usually what I try to do is Sunday night I kind of map out what the rest of the week looks like. And so going into a week, I'll just acknowledge like I'm not going to get as much done this week as I did you know a week where I'm in all five days uh, because it's just kind of the nature of travel. And granted, you know, as a speaker, I may go speak. You know, the, I'll give you an example. The past 48 hours, I spoke uh, yesterday in. Um, where was it? In New Hampshire, uh, in the U.S., and then the uh, day before I was traveling there. So I, 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 I started on the road, uh, or getting there and getting back, but it was basically to speak one time. So, like, on paper, in theory, you'd feel like, oh, man, you got all this time, but, like, You've got a, a little bit of time in the in the airplane, and then you're going to on the air, and then you're in the rental car for a couple hours, and then you're at the hotel, but you got to get up early, so you're headed to bed, and then you're spending time with the client, and then you're back in the car, and then you're going through security, and so that's, you, there's very like small like chunks of time to get anything meaningful done, and oftentimes too, I found that whenever I travel a lot, it's very like physically tiring. So my like I, I finished speaking yesterday. I drive a couple hours back to the airport. Uh, I've got a couple hours before my flight thinking, oh, man, this is great. And I just feel mentally just drained. You know, I just spent mm-hmm. an hour on stage speaking and I just feel fried. Like I just want to take a nap in the airport right now. Uh, so I think you just have to like even before a trip, before you travel, just acknowledge like your schedule is just going to be like very, very much out of whack. So typically what I try to do is I try to find things, uh, little tasks that I can do that don't require a lot of, of brain power. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know this is something that you teach, but even just kind of compartmentalizing, like here's something that doesn't require a lot of brain power. And so this is an easy little just 10-minute task that I can knock out even if I'm mentally fried. Uh, but then the other side of it is try to find some of those blocks of times where I know I'm sharp, where I can get some stuff done. So doing writing, you know, I, I knocked out a couple blog posts on the flight to and from uh, the past couple days because that's time where I can really kind of zone in and focus uh, and I, I don't have a lot of other you know, distractions, especially if you're not able to get online. So I think just, again, the big thing I think is just acknowledging going into it that things are going to be you know, a little uncharacteristically out of normal. Now, you do travel a lot, obviously, so you have to structure your weeks and your months and your days a certain way because you have to kind of support that. I mean, I don't travel as much as you do, but... Um, you know, I, I know that having those gap days are important. I know that for me, and, and I know you've, you've, we've talked about theming, day, theming your days and stuff like that to give, give you a bit of a head start. How mm-hmm. do you, you've written a blog post and I'm going to share it in the show notes, how you organize your week to get a lot done. And I'd love you to kind of go over that because you, you're going to have those variables that show up those. Um, and, and for you, they're, they're not like a lot of people say, Oh, these meetings, they're distractions they're disruptions for you. It's your living. Like you are being, you are going to speak. So, you know, those are going to come up and those are your primary drivers. So how do you schedule your week and organize it in a way that keeps you, you know, moving things forward in the right direction? Yeah, I think a couple things that uh, I can touch on, but to like to scoot back just a step. Mm-hmm. One, I think is would be to acknowledge like um, that there are a variety of different seasons that take place over the course of a year. Meaning that uh, whenever it comes to the, whatever you're doing, speaking, podcasting, blogging, whatever that thing is that there's some months and some weeks that are busier than others. And so uh, it's rarely consistently, constantly busy. There's going to be times where it's overly chaotic and other times where it may be slow. So as a speaker, I may be busy for during the spring, during the fall. It slows down during the winter, during the summer, a little bit here and there. you know. Uh, and so just acknowledging that also helps me to kind of plan when I could work on like something big. you know. Um, but from a, like a, a week-to-week standpoint, uh, and I guess even just to back it a little more there, uh, I usually start with my quarter and what are the things I want to do for the next 90 days to accomplish. So I'm looking right now at one of the whiteboards on my wall in my office and I've got a list of 
uh, about a dozen things like this quarter Q2 that I really want to do. And then what I'll do is at the beginning of each week, usually Sunday night, I will get a list of about five to 10 things that will help me to move the ball forward on those, those quarterly goals. Uh, and so I'll kind of, I'll kind of just mark down those five to 10 things that I want to do that week. And again, some of that is dictated by travel. So if I am, if I am traveling all that week, it may be that I'm getting like three to five things done. If I'm home all week, it may be that I'm getting eight to 10 things done. So some of that may be determined by them. There's, there are some weeks where I'm like, let's just call it what it is. I'm not going to get anything done, meaningful done this week beyond just getting on a plane and going and speaking at the engagement, which is part of the gig. Like that's part of what my responsibilities are. So again, just acknowledging that and not feeling like, oh man, I didn't get anything done. Well, I did. You know, I, I went and spoke at events and I had to travel uh, a bunch to get to and from those places. You know, I'm looking ahead on my calendar here. In two weeks, I've got one of those where I'm speaking at um, three events in one week in three different you know states and time zones. So I'm just going to acknowledge like right now, I'm not going to get a lot else done that week. Uh, and so again, just like, like that's, that's okay. That's going to, that's just going to be like that. Um, so what, on Sunday nights kind of map out what things we want to accomplish. And then usually at the end of the day for the following day, just kind of mapping out what does that actually look like? And so I do a lot of uh, time blocking and actually putting things into my calendar of, uh, when, when is this going to happen and what, what takes place next? I never want to get to a spot in my day where I'm like, okay, I've got a bunch of stuff to do, but I'm not sure what to do next. Like, I always just want to be really, really clear on, the, like, this is the next logical thing. And I'm taking the guesswork out of it and not having to use that, that mental capacity on making a decision, knowing that I've already kind of outlined, you know, what, what happens next. So, um, you know, so for we're wrapping up Friday right now uh, at the time we're, we're talking here. And so Sunday night, I'll, I'll kind of map out next week. And at the end of Monday, I'm kind of mapping out what Tuesday looks like based on what I accomplished and what's still left for the rest of the week. And so that's kind of how we approach it. And you kind of adjust and figure it out as you, as you go. But I think just the, the point being like, you have to go into it with a plan. You know, mm-hmm. why, why is it that you're able to be productive or I'm able to be productive? Because we're not like letting things happen by, uh, by circumstance. Like we're not just hoping that, I hope that by the end of, of the week, you know, as we're coming up at the end of Friday, I hope I got something done this week. Like it doesn't just magically happen. Like you have to be really, really intentional uh, about when you're going to do stuff and when things are going to actually take place. Now, one of the things I find interesting is that you, and, and I know you're not alone, Chris Ducker does this, a lot of people, is that they schedule specific tasks in the calendar. I can't do that. I can schedule, I know my the way my body's reacting, like I'm like, you know, exercise first thing in the morning, I'm like you, I can't do it. It's just my, my, my mind doesn't yeah. work that way. I have another routine instead. But for me, I need, I like to work by and you know we've talked about this, but by mode. I mean, some people say, "Oh, you mean by context?" Like David Allen's GTD, and I know you loosely follow GTD, but more more like, okay, I know where I'm at right now in terms of my frame of mind. So, what can I do now that I know what my frame of mind is? I mean, yeah, and, yeah. and and the plan is key because if you don't have a system in place, like that that will create the freedom then you will not have freedom right like and in order to be able to pick up and go and travel and do these gigs and speak you need to be able to come back and go okay i just got home i'm kind of scattered what's the plan oh the plan is this okay well how do i feel right now okay well i feel low energy okay well what actions can i take that will still move the plan forward uh regardless of of you know uh let's say whatever whatever else might be on the agenda you have to be able to i mean and this week was a great example i didn't do much much this week at all grant i yeah. hardly did it because i was exhausted so what i did was I did a lot of reading a lot of planning but nothing really 
action oriented in terms of just executing and shipping because I shipped nonstop for two weeks straight. So you have to be willing to like, you, and you, this is ultimately what you're getting to is, is you have to be aware, right? You have to be self-aware and say, Hey, you know, this is what is working for me right now. And this, it, you have to give yourself permission to have those moments of, of downtime of, of, um, you know, because, but the only way you can have permission to do that is if you have a plan. Because otherwise, yeah. You, yeah, otherwise you're directionless afterwards, right? No, totally. I mean, and again, yesterday was a great example for me of, you know, I got up early. I went to this this place where I spoke and uh, speak for an hour. And uh, actually, not even that, about 45 minutes or so. Then get in the car and drive two hours back to the airport. So on and on paper, in theory, it's like you just spoke for 45 minutes and then you drove around. Like, what? it shouldn't be that big a deal. But I just felt spent by the time. Mm. And, and speaking, is, is, as you know, like, man, doing four hours, that's ridiculous. That's just a, <laughs> it's a very mentally taxing and yeah. it is very physically exhausting uh, again in theory it doesn't seem like it but so sometimes you do have to allow yourself uh the room to just like okay i'm just gonna take a deep breath right now i'm gonna sit and just veg and not that i'm being lazy not that i'm slacking off but from my productivity standpoint like that can be one of the the best things i can do i'll give you a quick exa- analogy mm-hmm. here you know like if you're driving down the road like there's that gauge on your dashboard that goes from an f down to an e and if you don't do anything about it and like that gauge keeps dropping like at some point you have to stop and address the situation like the same thing is true with our own like internal batteries like you can't just go and go and go and go and go and be at the top of your game all the time you have to do things on a regular basis that just allow yourself the opportunity to refill and to recharge and so when you're filling filling your car with gas like sometimes Sometimes you fill it all the way to the top, and then sometimes you're like, "I, I just got, I have five bucks that I'm going to put in, <laughs> and that's going to that's going to get me another mile or two down the road." And so there's times, there's seasons like that where it's like, "I got a full week of vacation, so I'm going to fill the tank all the way up. I'm going to have some extra left over." And then there's some weeks where you're just busting. And you're like, "Geez, I got I got five minutes, so I'm just going to veg. I'm going to watch I'm going to watch something on Netflix for thirty minutes just to like mentally check out." But that's the five minutes I'm putting in the tank so that I can keep going uh, a little bit further there. Let's dive back into the into the speaking stuff a bit. So, reading yourself, how do you how do you read? How do you find reading an audience? Because that's something that that's a skill that takes a while to develop, and and obviously consistent practice. Like, how do you knowing that you're dealing with a lot of speaking events? Like, how do you reset when things are going not so well, and how do you make sure you don't get complacent when things are? Yeah, great question. Um, well, I think there's a lot of variables that go into what uh, what makes a good talk or presentation. And some of them are in, in your control and some of them aren't. Meaning when you show up, the way the room is set up has a huge, huge impact on how a talk goes. So the mistake that sometimes um, conference makers or, or conference uh, planners or decision makers will make is that you've got a, a room that, let's say, it's a big room that seats a thousand people and you're, you're putting a workshop for 50 people in there. And it's just like the room swallows them whole. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a bad, bad setup. Um, yeah, and uh, I'll give you another example. You know, this this talk I did yesterday, uh, speaking at a, a high school. And so the, the principal came to me uh, a couple of weeks ago and he said, hey, we were going to have everybody in the gym and it was going to be like 13, 1400 students in the gym. Um, but he's like, we decided we're just going to put half of them in the auditorium for you. I was like, that's great because an auditorium is made for speaking. A gym is not. Mm-hmm. And so the just by doing it in the in the auditorium, it made a massive, massive difference. Whereas I could just say that like, 
the gym it just wouldn't have gone as well. Um, so there's that type of thing, the size of the room, um, the lighting, the acoustics, those type of things matter. And so some of those things are just, they're outside your control. You show up and that's kind of what they give you. Um, I've had mics that are, are like intermittently working and they kind of pop in and pop out and batteries kind of are finicky and you're just like, good Lord, like this sucks, you know, <laughs> but like it kind of is what it is. So from an audience standpoint, the other, the other factors would be, you know, like when, like if you're speaking at a conference, when is your talk relative to the entire conference, um, both during the time of day versus also the conference itself? If you are like one of the, uh, if there's like an eight to five thing and you're a workshop at four o'clock on like the, the last day, like everybody at that point spent, they're just mentally yeah. exhausted. And so you, you know, when you're coming into it, you have to, you have to do more to keep them engaged. So if I go, for example, if I go speak at a conference, and there's times where I'll speak at a conference, and there are, um, it's like a three-hour session, and I'm the last thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just know, like the odd, if I'm in the audience, I'm sitting backstage, and I'm bored, and I'm worn out, and I'm just sitting there. The audience has got to feel the same way. So I'm making tweaks in my mind, going like, okay, let's use a lot more humor, let's use a lot more comedy, let's use a lot more stories, a lot more of that like less meat, more. Not fluff, but less more ste- just less steak, more sizzle. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like you know that from comedy, like yeah. you can't like every room is different, and yeah. every there's so many nuances that go into what makes it good or bad. Uh, and so, like the like the room thing, like I can walk in and I can tell you, uh, like all things being equal, I can tell you how oh this room's gonna be great. This is a perfect setup. This is gonna be awesome. Versus some you walk into and be like ah oh, crap, this is gonna this is gonna suck before like you've even seen the audience. You know anything about them? Uh, so there's some of those type of nuances that that happen. But uh, like the more you speak, the more comfortable you feel with your material that you're able to make some of those adjustments on the fly. So like you know this from comedy. Like I can tell within the first thirty seconds how the next forty five minutes are gonna go. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if they because I'm kind of thinking in my mind like okay if they laughed at that they're gonna love that punchline in thirty minutes, you know? And so I'm already just kind of like tweaking some of those things on the fly uh, of going like, okay, if this worked, that's going to work. If this didn't work, that's definitely not going to work down the line. So we're going to go ahead and cut that. And you're just kind of making some of those adjustments as you as you read the audience. Uh, and so some of that happens as you get more comfortable uh, with just your presentation skills. And I think some of that gets you get more comfortable with it as you get as you feel more comfortable with your material. So you know what you can tweak and you know like where okay if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take that out then what's my exit point or what's my transition to get to the next thing you know and to kind of kind of connect the dots and some of that just comes with with experience and getting some of those at bats. Yeah, it's it's funny. I did um, I did a talk last week. I ended up having to go without slides, which I've done before. Um, and the reason I've done it before is because a few years ago. I decided I was doing a storytelling one. I wasn't going to use slides. And everyone that was using slides, they were trying to use their WordPress and do streaming stuff, and they couldn't get the Wi-Fi to work. So mine was the only presentation that actually, you know, was able to go in unscathed because I didn't rely on tech. So it got to a point where the room was situated. It was one of the – it's like a lecture hall at, at a university. So it was very challenging in the first place just to deal with, especially since they're used to seeing like a big slide presentation and that just wasn't happening. Before we wrap up, let's talk about some of the tools you use for your business because um, I know a lot of my listeners are very interested in hearing some of the tools, especially if you're you're doing event planning and system, you know, you're doing all these. So when it comes to first off, let's go into the – the generic stuff. So the stuff that you use 
that is is uh, that anybody would really use. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about what tools you use for actual presentations and stuff that you do. Yeah, for like just kind of general everyday use, we use Evernote a lot. We use that to organize um, our quarterly and then our weekly goals. Um, we keep everything in iCal. Um, and then for our task list, we use Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had been using Wonderlist for a while, and it just started getting a little buggy. And so, and then, um, and then Microsoft bought it. Yeah, like yeah, just literally like what, like a couple days ago or yeah, something. Yeah, not very long um, ago. And so yeah, so we so things I really like and it works well. Um, so those are kind of the main ones. I use Slack uh, a lot with our our mastermind and then with my own team. Uh, we talk on that daily, and so that is that is like crack. It is wonderful for just a uh, simple basic communication. Yeah, we use Slack for productivity as well. It's how I'm communicating with everybody across the miles. It's great. It's great. Yep. I mean, you run the risk. There's an interesting blog post today from Chris Bowler. I'll put it in the show notes where he talks about um, how it can be worse than email if you let it. So, again, because there, there's so many – if you belong to a bunch of different teams and stuff. So, again, everything in moderation, right? But I definitely like how it's pulled me away from and pulled hopefully a lot of others away from jumping into email as often as they do. Yeah, for sure. It's, it is – Again, you just figure out how it makes sense for you, how it mm-hmm. works. Um, it's easy to do some quick chat back and forth um, versus the uh, the cumbersomeness that can be from email conversation, that thread of just keeping up and going back and forth with that. And what about for what tools do you use and, and or recommend for people who are putting together slide decks and presentations and stuff like that? Well, to be honest, whenever I'm actually speaking, I never use slides. Smart. Uh, so. <laughs> If your whole talk is banking on the slides and the slides don't work for whatever reason, like you're screwed, you know? So your slides, whatever technology you use should be an enhancement, yeah. not a replacement for whatever your talk is. Meaning like if your slides go down, you're like, all right, that's a bummer, but they were just going to enhance my talk. They weren't, they weren't the talk. Right. Uh, so I, I've never, I've never used slides for, for a, a presentation. Now, one thing I have done with presentations is I'll go old school and I'll use a fill in the blank worksheet. Um, and it is ridiculously old school, but here's one of the things I, I've noticed is for a couple things. One, it helps people, it forces people to write stuff down. And so it keeps them more engaged. And as, as childish as it may seem, people are like, Oh, I miss, I missed the blank on number three. What was that one again? Hmm. Um, People that wouldn't maybe normally take notes, but it forces them to be more engaged with the presentation, the material, because they have to fill in the blank. Uh, so it, that works really well. Plus, as a as a speaker, I'm holding the the answer key up front, so I'm able to I'm keeping my I'm holding my notes right there with me the whole time. Uh, so I, I do that with students, I do that with adults as well, and I found that 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 works really well. So Grant. Where can people find you on the internet and how can you help them uh, develop uh, their speaking career and become a better speaker? Yeah, all the main stuff you can find at uh, grantbalden.com. There's the, the blog is over there. Some of the productivity stuff that we talked about today, uh, today is there. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the podcast is over there. How'd you get into that? Interviewing people doing interesting types of work. And then the, the speaking stuff is all going to be at bookedandpaidtospeak.com. So if someone is interested in uh, becoming a speaker, whether they want to do it full time or maybe they're just saying like, I would love to do it five times a year in my little nature industry. And I just have no idea how to, how to find those decision makers or connect with them or find events. Or, or opportunities. I have no idea about that. Uh, we'll help you get started uh, over at bookedandpaidtospeak.com. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me this week on the podcast, Greg. It's been great. It's fun, Mike. Thanks, buddy. So that's how he gets it done. That's how he delivers the goods, both in terms of his plans and in terms of his talk. So thanks to Grant Baldwin for appearing on the show this week. Thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, I know that as this this episode airs, uh, I am actually literally uh, 
heading to Portland and then for the World Domination Summit. So those who are listening, I will be there and we are going to be doing a special World Domination Summit episode, which will hopefully get some people that are going to be there talking. And, and I know that uh, podcast editor John Polster will be there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then two weeks after that, uh, I head down to Fort Worth for the podcast movement, which I get to see my friends in the podcasting community once again. So lots going on in the month of July. And uh, those who are Patreon supporters are going to get loads and loads of extra stuff during that time frame. So if you are not a Patreon supporter, then now's the time to jump on board. Go to patreon.com slash productivityist. Check out the perks. Check out the milestones. Um, you know, I mean, for as little as a dollar, you'll get some perks. We're going to be readjusting those soon. So make sure you jump on board, uh, now before things change. Right. Uh, and also, um, one of the cool things that's going on is, is because of the videos there, you're going to get that content. You're going to get, uh, you know, extra deals on certain things. Like there's courses that we offer. There's a course right now that Steve Dotto and I have done that, that, people at the $10 or above level get. You can get coaching with me at the, the $50 or above level. But also, you get an exclusive edition of the podcast because what you heard today isn't everything that you get to hear if you uh, are listening at the Patreon show. You get like way more content um, in terms of what you're going to hear. Uh, some episodes are, are you don't get as much, but you definitely are getting some different stuff. So I encourage you to go to the Patreon page uh, for as little as a buck a month. That's a, that's a quarter per episode. Uh, you can support the show, help me make the show better, and help me take things to new heights, and just you know get even more stuff. So there you have it. Uh, if you cannot support the show monetarily, that's cool, no problem. Uh, give me a rating in iTunes. Give us a review. Uh, let us know what you'd like to hear. What what you'd like to give us feedback. You know, drop us a line. Send an email to Amy at uh, info at productivityist com and say, hey, you know what? We'd like to see this, or we'd like to hear this, or hey, here's a suggestion for a show. I mean, my Patreon supporters get first dibs on that stuff, but I look at, at everything that comes in once it comes, especially related to the podcast, because it's a big part of where we're going with the, with the future of productivity. So thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with another fresh and exciting episode. Uh, until then, stop guessing, start going, and uh, you know, keep, keep moving things forward. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.